Hello and welcome back to the Variant Cast for another episode. I'm here with the one and only Trent, the man that was tasked with uh, following Ryan Johnson around for the better part of six years to make sure he did not commit any more crimes against humanity. How are you doing, Trent, and how is the surveillance going? Uh, pretty good. He has not made another Star Wars movie since. I have been watching him, so uh, mm-hmm. all tabs are good. Ah, good, good for him, man. It's yeah. The Star Wars movies will age you seven years uh, per per movie. So uh, he yeah. got out at a good time. Just uh, made the best one and dipped. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, if and, you uh, haven't noticed already, today is the uh, celebration of the movie that uh, uh, is not loved by the internet. To say, no. to say kindly, uh, the Last Jedi. Uh, came out about six years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, time has flown by. Yeah. Like, how did we get here uh, six years after The Last Jedi has released? I guess we're we're obviously going to talk about the movie, but uh, uh, we have some other stuff planned, right, Trent? A little, little other stuff. Yeah. It's not just Star Wars. Yeah, so uh, if you're not really into the Star Wars talk, we got uh, a little follow-up to the Scott Pilgrim episode last week, and we will be covering the Scott Pilgrim TV show that just came out on Netflix, which was, uh, I really enjoyed it. And uh, we got some headlines for everybody, because I think that the uh, the Oscar nominations just dropped, and uh, some, other, some other news that we're going to chat about, and then we're going to finish it off with maybe some just a quick talk about some movie reviews about the week. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's the variant cast. You can uh, expect us to talk about a variety of pointless info in the world of the entertainment industry. Uh, yeah. But, you know, this is the best place to go for it. So uh, if you're enjoying, Absolutely. make sure you uh, leave a rating on Spotify or a like or a subscribe. We'd be staring at that subscribe number. We're like, ah, oh, jumped up from six to seven we, we're getting lit let's go so uh <laughs> just know if you hit that subscribe button i will be consuming some sort of uh illegal substance for you in your honor so uh get on that <laughs> let's do it i'm just that number up let's get double digits on that yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is our 10 subscriber special <laughs> yeah seriously uh, <laughs> but just let's just jump into it we got the Last Jedi. It is the seventh installment, yep. eighth no, installment eight. in mm-hmm. the Star Wars uh, movie mythos. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, you have great stuff like Clone Wars, uh, Star Wars drones. Uh, 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 there was the Clone Wars cartoon that was two D animated. Mm-hmm. There was the Caravan the, of Courage. There was the there was the cartoon. That was like a movie Rebels. that was like a spre- prequel to the mm-hmm. yeah the Clone Wars movie. You got the yeah. Clone Wars TV show. You got Rebels. You got uh, Star Wars Resistance. So, so you got you got all of them. But yeah. uh, Star Wars on the top left. of all of these, yeah, on the on the top of all of this content, I feel like is uh, is one movie in particular, and that's the one that we will be celebrating today. It's the six year anniversary of uh, the one, the only, the Last Jedi. Yeah, so I I mean this movie let's just kind of talk about the cultural aspects of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh so as you you all are probably well aware, um 
Star Wars was bought, or Lucasfilm, I guess, was bought by Disney um, sometime in the 2000s, and everyone was like, knew it was an inevitability that an episode seven would eventually be made, and it was, and episode seven was met with, you know, mixed, but I would say overall, like, positive feelings. Uh, This was also, it's kind of hard to contextualize because now the prequels are looked back a lot more fondly. Uh, But like when episode seven was like announced, it was kind of the common thing was like, just be better than the prequels. Uh, Yeah. And this one came out. Better received than the prequels. Yeah. And then this one came out and it was like, it was that everyone was like, well, it's better than the prequels. And obviously that has kind of changed at, as we've gotten further in with how, you know, nostalgia works and just how things age over time. Mm-hmm. I, I think Force Awakens was a good movie. It is basically a carbon copy of A New Hope. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I was I was sitting here today. Um, I was in my office listening to some of my coworkers talk about Star Wars. And I, I'm in this office with, you know, people younger than me. I'm 24. Most of them are... 21 to 22 um so not a huge age disparity but most of them haven't seen like the original star wars trilogy um and they all basically said the same thing it's like yeah at one point my parents showed me or someone showed me but like i just i they just look silly or they just don't look uh like a movie of that scale uh, and you don't get the same feelings. And I think that is a real thing, uh, especially when you're talking about blockbusters. Yeah, you know? definitely. And there's definitely like a sense of uh, like nostalgia with these movies, obviously. And looking back and in, in uh, like saying like, Oh, I enjoyed these movies as a kid. And that's, that's the reason why like a lot of people are so attached to it. But if you aren't introduced to that, um, I feel like a lot of people nowadays just like say like, oh, those movies have bad effects. Yeah. When most of them don't like the effects yeah. kind of are the least of the problems. I think that the dialogue in the original trilogy is a lot more like jarring than the effects to me. Uh, yeah. And that's partly because because of the time but also partly because George Lucas has never heard two humans talk to each other. So yeah. it's it's a struggle. Uh but movie comes out, everyone says it's a new hope ripoff. Uh what what I was getting at there is I do think that was intentional. I think they were trying to reintroduce not only fans to the universe but also first-time fans. This was meant to be a lot of people's first Star Wars and yeah. it, it was that. Uh but then they got a little saucy with uh, episode eight. They got this Ryan Johnson guy who, uh, you know, he's what? What did Ryan Johnson directed at the time that he was? Uh, I think he was biggest known for uh, like Looper. It's a show called. Uh, it was a movie called Looper with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It's like a time right. travel based yeah, yeah, yeah. movie. Or uh, I'm pretty sure he directed uh, a couple episodes of Breaking Bad. I think he directed a couple episodes of some other things, but uh, yeah, he was like really, really out of the ordinary. And uh, that was one thing that they talked about. uh, I watched, uh, there's a documentary that was released alongside the last Jedi and it's called the director and the Jedi. 
and it's all about the behind the scenes making of it. It's a really good documentary, but uh, they touch on it in er earlier in the movie, but they say like they show a bunch of clips from people on like podcasts and, and stuff. And they're like, they're like, yeah, this Ryan Johnson guy, like, let's see if he can actually, let's see if he could actually make a star Wars movie. Like, yeah. let's, like, like, is he, does he have the, the wits about him to actually like follow through and make a whole star Wars movie? Because like there was really George Lucas. And then I think JJ Abrams, I, I feel like was relatively safe since he, uh directed star trek and he kind of brought he kind of revived star trek a little bit yeah and so i think that there was a little bit of a safety net there yeah 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 no exactly i think they the two opposite directors that you kind of go with and yeah. it kind of feels like it was almost intentional um and like when you think about it it all the way up until episode nine Mm -hmm. This trilogy almost perfectly mirrors the original yeah. trilogy in terms of both reception and, um, or at least critical reception, because uh, the Empire Strikes Back is far and far, far long has been uh, touted as the best Star Wars movie critically, um, and I I think I d agree with that. If you're talking about the original, I don't I don't know. Uh, I I I'm landing on that. There's no good Star Wars movies, but we'll, we'll get into that. Um, so Ryan Johnson gets it, and the movie comes out, and it gets amazing critical reception. Uh, you're hearing uh, from the advanced screenings that this is the best Star Wars movie ever. Um, that was what it was touted as before fans saw the movie. Uh, the mm -hmm. critics were saying that this is amazing. Um, and then we went into the theaters and, you know, uh, that's where that's where people's opinions split there, uh, because yeah. obviously you're dealing with a product that um, has been around for 30 plus years or whatever it was at that time. And people have emotional connections to it. And The Force Awakens, yeah, you get some stuff with Han, but you don't really have like he doesn't other than him dying spoilers uh, <laughs> you don't really have a moment with han that it like advances or changes the character in any way and i think yeah. that's probably why there was such a visceral reaction because this movie does kind of change some of the original trilogy characters a little bit uh, yeah or definitely. at least evolves them yeah i think that's one of people's main gripes about the movie and Mark Hamill's been like vocal about this too. He was very vocal about it in the documentary that I watched, but saying like he very much disagrees with Ryan Johnson's take on Luke in mm -hmm. that he feels that the Luke Skywalker that he played like wouldn't evolve into this, but like he, he had to accept it because it was like, it was the director's vision. And at the end, I feel like at the end, I feel like he came around to it. He never explicitly said like i'm okay with i'm okay with like this version of luke skywalker and i feel like that's a lot of the things that people hold on to is like oh mark hamill mark hamill like hated luke in this movie so 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 should i you know and and like you know mark hamill i know mark hamill i guarantee like his feelings on it are not nearly as strong <laughs> as some of the fans uh, yeah. even if he he does feel like a certain type of way 
I he, he does understand that it, it was like artistic vision. And mm-hmm. I just think the solution is probably not to use Luke there, but like they have to use Luke there. Um yeah. I don't I don't know who you could really use otherwise. Uh I don't know. Because there needed to be there needed to be an Obi Wan figure in yeah. this trilogy. If if like they're staying with like the Star Wars lore and um it felt like they they kind of set it up in episode 7 with the the school being uh burnt down and Luke being secluded and I feel like there was there was a way that they could have told the movie where it was almost exactly like episode episode 4 and 5 where Luke just comes Luke just comes out of hiding and says like I was forced. I was forced into hiding, and I'm coming back to save the day. Or yeah. they could have, or they could have done what they did and did something like a little bit more interesting and and like plays with our expectations on what we know Star Wars is. Yeah, and like I understand that it's not what necessarily Mark Hamill wanted, but like at the end of the day, it's not unrealistic. Like nothing. Yeah. When I watched it for the first time, I wasn't sitting there like, oh, Luke wouldn't have done that. Because yeah. I remember Luke being kind of an arrogant asshole that, you know, made bad decisions, made rash decisions. Uh, and that shows uh, in this movie. I guess let's kind of get into a bit of the plot. It, mm-hmm. I I mean, it starts out probably one of my favorite, probably my favorite opening to a Star Wars movie because it doesn't take forever to get going like yeah i don't know what it is about some star wars movies especially with like like the prequels i know the first one starts with like that fight so it does get gone but like yeah um it's just they set it up so well in the exposition is two lines they explain that this is all the resistance has we're chasing him we're trying to end the resistance right now Mm-hmm. That's the setup for the entire movie, and they explain it in two lines, and <laughs> they get going. There's yeah. no talk about galactic trade. There's no talk about peace treaties. There's no talk about how they felt about the breakfast that they had in the morning or some weird courtroom scene where a bunch of alien figures are standing on a ledge and look down at them or something. Like, There's none of that. There's none of that fluff. It just gets into it. Uh, because they had to save the fluff for later, but we'll get to that. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah, we get just some some pretty dope Star Wars stuff. Uh, Poe is a little shit, and mm-hmm. I think Poe. There's an argument Poe should have just been the main character for the these the entire trilogy, because um, yeah. he had an interesting character here because. Like he was an asshole, he was responsible, and he deserved to get promote or demoted. Uh, yeah. But they don't really expand upon it in the next one, so mm-hmm. it kind of feels while you're watching it, it's like, what are we doing here? A little bit, uh, yeah, and that's definitely. not the fault of the movie; it's more of a fault of where it went afterwards. Yeah, and that's what I feel like a lot of a lot of stuff in this movie was just like retconned in, in, in episode nine or like um, the, I feel like this movie builds upon a lot of the stuff that episode seven does really well. Like it, like it, it's, it's kind of questioning about Ray's parents. It's uh, like, it expands upon Finn's 
Finn's backstory a little bit. It uh it brings out more more Poe Dameron. Um it gives Leia more to do. Mm-hmm. It gives um it, and it just like there's so many there's so many characters that are in it for like maybe like two to three minutes, but they all feel like they have to be there. I I find this as an interesting kind of like I guess just note into how like convoluted a Star Wars movie is, right? When you can mm-hmm. watch the movie and you can understand what people's jobs are. This is one of yeah. the only Star Wars movies that you can because in the next one, I'm like, why are half of these people here? What is their purpose? Why are they in this position? What do they do? Uh, I feel like the power structure is clearly laid out. There's uh, the general that I'm forgetting her name. General Holdo. General Holdo, uh, who upset people for having uh, colored hair in space. Mm-hmm. How dare she? Uh, I'm, I'm chill with the fish, but I draw a line at the, the colored hair. Uh, still so funny. Um, if you're upset about that, you are telling way too much about yourself. Just just <laughs> chill. Just chill, brother. Uh, but I think she, her character makes sense. Uh, I can understand that some people wanted it to be Admiral Akbar f- for some reason that got that moment. And I don't get that. I don't care about Admiral Akbar. They can't yeah. have the puppet of Admiral Akbar emote like they want the character of the like Admiral to emote when she has maybe the coolest scene of all of, in all of Star Wars. Like there's Yeah. Like there's certain lines that have to be delivered that if Admiral Akbar delivered them, I might giggle a little bit. Yeah, like if like imagine uh, Leia and uh, Admiral Akbar uh, saying, "May the Force be with you" at the same time. <laughs> that would've been really bad. Yeah, it it would have been rough. Uh, but I think overall, like this, like the way they get into the movie and then it like kind of transitions to uh, Ray and Luke and stuff. And like, I, it feels almost redundant saying this. Like we, we don't need the Canto bite. We don't need the B plot. Uh, But I also feel that way about every star Wars movie is like, we don't really need the B plot. And I think it, it just adds unnecessary bulk and I'm sure like it was the instruction like, hey, this movie needs to be two plus hours. Uh, we're making a Star Wars movie. Uh, and the way it connects is is pretty good. Like they have that they have the like the throne room scene and it kind of perfectly kind of goes into the uh, fleet getting destroyed and it works really well at that point, but all the lead up I found incredibly boring at the time. Um, and I found it boring on the rewatch, just like the code breaker stuff there. It's just, I don't get it. I don't get what I, I, I have to have these. I, I'm kind of the opposite. I, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't, I wasn't a, a really a big fan of him when I, when I first watched it, but after the last couple of times rewatching it, I feel like, I feel like it's, I feel like the code breaker at least is um, like, yeah, the, the B plot is kind of a lot. And if you took it out, the movie would probably be a lot shorter, but um, I don't, I think, I think that 
like he's a he's a good character because I, I don't know maybe he's just in it just to serve the purpose of of the twist that at the end but I don't know I I feel like the twist the twist works I I do think the twist works I think his character really does work I think the parts that don't really work are the world building stuff um, mm-hmm. inside of the casino and I understand yeah. what we're trying to do it's just when I know. And maybe again, it's just hindsight. I know that a lot of these things that feel like they're being set up are just never going to like have any payoff or come to fruition. I'm just kind of yeah. sitting there like, oh, okay, I don't really care. But you you do make a good point. Uh, like the Codebreaker stuff is pretty integral for the overall theme of the movie. Like this movie, unlike other Star Wars movies, has a theme and a narrative. Uh, mm-hmm. which is all about just like there is no good guy, there's no bad guy. This is war, and war is ugly, and that's mm-hmm. really what they're portraying. It's it's a fairly mature theme for a Star Wars thing. Uh, they talk yeah. about uh, I I I mean, quick note on this: like I think this is the best writing in any Star Wars movie, uh, especially character writing there is more lines in this that I remember than any other Star Wars movie. Uh, just like the, like, let it die, let the past die, kill it if you have to. Um, yeah. The Codebreaker, when he's, uh, when he betrays them, he's like, oh, you, you, they blow you up, you blow them up. <laughs> and like, there's just a lot of really uh, snappy, clever, quotable lines in this. Uh, yeah. that I think will probably uh, give this movie like another life in about five, six years, like the prequels got when those kids that grew up with them did. Um, but, I mean, my favorite stuff in this movie is Kylo. Yeah, Kylo Ren in, really this movie in this movie is so good. Uh, I'm talking about those quotable lines. Uh, like half of them are from him. And he delivers yeah. it so well. Like, it may be the best, like, just the best voice in yeah. Star Wars. Because um, mm-hmm. obviously you people are going to come at me with Vader. But Vader is very over the top. Uh, this is more subtle. And it yeah. has, like, I don't know. It just it just hits. When he Definitely. says something, I, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Yeah. And like the like, you could totally tell like the internal struggle that he's having, like that he's having when him and Ray are like in the elevator, and she's like, "I know you're gonna turn," and he's like, "He's like, no, like I've seen who your parents are," and then just that whole the whole throne room scene is just just so good. Yeah, I mean that's another great line of his. He's like, uh, "They they were junkers, sold you for scrap." <laughs> like the, yeah. the way he delivers that line, uh, it's so good. It's so mm-hmm. good. Uh, and it's uh, unfortunate that this dynamic, because obviously they end up <laughs> kissing and stuff later. I don't. Yeah. Um, which they it feels like they were building to here. It feels like they're yeah. building to a romantic relationship, but it's not the same romantic relationship that we see in the next movie. It's not the same dynamic that Ryan yeah. Johnson was creating. And Ryan Johnson was creating this like tense like there is romance because of where they come from and like there's intrigue towards each other but then you get in the next one kind of just like 
they just it kind of just feels like Ray likes him because he's hot or something. I I don't know. It's just a completely different yeah. vibe I get in the next yeah. one. Yeah, and then just them going from her being a nobody, which shows like you don't have to be like you don't have to come from somebody of importance to be a part of something bigger, which is another big theme laid throughout this entire movie. Yeah. Um, to her just being like a Palpatine in the next one. And it, it just it just seems it, very cheap. It literally is, I would say, the main theme is just anyone can make a difference. No matter yeah. how small or how inconsequential you think you are, like anybody you can get make a difference. In the first scene with Rose's sister, and you get that in the very last scene when Ray saves all of them by lifting a bunch of rocks. I I was gonna say you also get that in the very last scene with the like slave kid using the force. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's like Definitely. hey, he's just some slave, but he like he could be some like that's yeah. the entire point of this movie, and then they just throw it away because some Star Wars fans dis dislike. I don't know. Yeah, I like I understand they're. I guess my my biggest frustration with this is a lot of the things people dislike about this movie are the things that they were asking for um, when The Force Awakens came out. All of the discourse yeah. and criticism around Force Awakens was just how it followed plot points just beat for beat, uh, basically. Yeah. And it really felt set up to do it. Like, Snoke is the new Emperor, um, Kylo's the new Vader, Rey's the new Luke, uh, except it's a bit different. It's not going to be I am your father. It's going to be I am your brother, sister. Like, who knows? We're going to find out in this movie. And then they yeah. subvert those expectations really well. And the, the, the term subverting expectations really got memed pretty hard during this. Mm -hmm. um, because I think that was the reasoning gave for given for the changes. Like, hey, we're not here to make the same movie over and over again. And people got upset. Like, I, I think there's like four hour, I'm, I'm talking about here, I don't need a subtweet. I'm talking about someone in particular. I'm talking about that Mahler guy uh, who has a random <laughs> like L capitalization in his name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like a lot of long form YouTube content, so it gets recommended to me a lot and I have to, on any YouTube account that I have, it is a constant struggle to make sure I don't get Mahler videos uh, because, you know, I'll be honest, those are not great videos. Uh, I understand <laughs> that people like them, uh, but I think you they like them because it's just saying the things that they want to hear. I mean, you're taking a two and a half an hour video and you're making a five hour critique on it. <laughs> and it's yeah. like an edited video. It's not a uh just like long form podcast like this where it's just two friends like shitting on it like whatever no this is a edited video probably taking tens of hours of man hours um all to basically say oh i don't like this this doesn't make sense hmm. yeah i don't like her because she have pink hair i don't like her because she have pink hair why can't admiral akbar say it's a trap <laughs> I don't know, but this this movie um, has, I think, the coolest uh, final scene uh, when they're on uh, crate, which is 
uh, taking on a life of its own. Uh, if you're looking into like the internet side of things, saltier than, or I think it's like saltier the crate because crate yeah. is made out of salt. Uh, you could look that up if you want some good goofs and gaffs. Um, but it's a really, I think, beautiful place to do a um, battle, and it kind of feels again like they set up the expectation, like oh we're on a snow planet. Don't you see all the white? And yeah. we're, we're, look at this. It's basically empire. Isn't that I remember cool? a lot of people being like, is that, are they just taking it back to Hoth? For yeah. <laughs> and no, it was a completely different planet, which I, I loved. Yeah. It, it was one of the coolest planets with the, the red and like the way the, the fighters, I think they were like fighter bikes or whatever, the way they like, drug on the ground so they had like red coming out like that was so good looking uh and then when the millennium falcon comes in it's it's a genuine like clap moment uh Mm -hmm. and i there's a few clap moments in the movie i i think that's the one that really just hits for me um and it's it hits because again kylo ren saying shoot that plane like or shoot that ship yeah out of the sky junk out of the sky yeah Yeah. (laughs) that the way he delivers it and like you realize oh the weight to that that's his dad's ship like yeah it's not just the millennium falcon showing up and people clapping because it's the millennium falcon it has a narrative reason to be exciting um and i think that's what this movie does really well is you get all the same star wars moments but they have a reason. And yeah. I think we see that more in Ryan Johnson's like work that he does in Knives Out where everything is so deliberate. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you go back and watch that movie after you know a lot of the twist, like you could see things that you didn't see the first time. And yeah. I think he uses that kind of skill uh, in, a, in a smaller aspect here where he's like, okay, this is what's being expected how can I hit all of these points that are expected, but taking the most absurd route possible? Uh, and that's what I've always loved about Ryan Johnson. Uh, it's just the absurdity of the route taken and just yeah. the difference of the route taken. Uh, you could probably get 12 random Hollywood directors to make a Star Wars movie, and they're probably going to make a pretty similar movie based on what the studio is wanting. Uh, but then you have directors that will... Uh, take a chance and do something a bit different uh and that's what this was yeah and i think that uh or before i before i put to this next point i want to say that uh so along with that behind the scenes documentary so there's also a version of the movie that you can watch with the director's commentary which which you love to see always love to see that but you can also watch it the music only so the score only Star Wars movie, which I think is super interesting, yeah. and uh, especially for a movie like Star Wars where the the music is so prevalent. But uh, I just think that's I just think that's super cool, and I think that uh, movies should do that more often. Yeah, yeah, no, I th- I think let's put some spotlight on the scores, especially when it's like Star Wars. Like, come on, yeah. Um, I I just quick note, I uh, I don't understand how uh, Adam Driver got that thick. I don't know if it's a camera thing, uh, but like I remember in the theater thinking like, "Oh man, that's that is a wide man," uh, yeah. but he literally looks like he can't fit through a door. So, I, 
don't understand what kind of training you have to do to get that physique, but I want it. Yeah. Just like lightsaber, lightsaber training hours, hours, hours upon hours a day. So, I mean, all in all thoughts on this movie is it's not a perfect movie. IMO. Um, I think it has its issues, but I think when you compare it to what came before it, what came after it, uh, it really does stand out. And when I'm looking for movies to watch, like I don't want something that, you know, is just like everything else. I want something that does it like a bit differently. Even if it's, hey, we're going to make this same movie, but we're going to do one thing different. Like that, those are generally the ones that I gravitate towards. Uh, yeah. and, that's, and that's what this is to a T. Uh, and I think that's why I I like it as much as I do. And I know that 41% audience score, people like to point to that. Uh, yeah. But I don't, I don't care. No, it just seems like a genuinely good Star Wars movie by somebody who loves these movies and loved like playing around in that sandbox for a little bit. And you could tell that on screen and you could tell that from the behind the scenes documentary that everyone was just having the time of their life making this movie. And then uh, you look at like the actors now and uh, John Boyega doesn't really want to be involved with star Wars anymore, which is, which is sad because Finn, Finn was really great in this movie and they didn't really give him anything to do in the, in the next one. Yeah. Um, But yeah, this like movies full of great performances, great writing, great directing. I, I feel like it's just all around like the best, the best star Wars movie. Yeah, and obviously, if you are a Last Jedi hater, you probably didn't make it this far into the pod. <laughs> but I will yeah. say that uh, maybe I can I can clip this. It, regardless of how you feel about this movie, watch Knives Out. There's way too many weirdos that refuse to watch Knives Out because it's a Ryan Johnson movie, or way too many weirdos that force themselves to dislike Knives Out because it's a Ryan Johnson movie. Knives Out and um, the Knives Out story, um, which I'm blanking. Glass Onion. Uh, Both great movies. Mm -hmm. Both are worthy of your time, especially if you're into any like whodunit mystery uh, movies. They're probably like the best that has come out in that genre in the last few years, and it really shows uh, a lot of the strengths of Ryan Johnson. I don't think that this is his strength, uh, but I would definitely have rather seen um, that Ryan Johnson trilogy that was supposed to happen uh, as opposed to uh, what we're getting now, which I think everybody can agree is uh, just very milquetoast and bland. And I think that the fan base is largely responsible for that. Yeah, definitely. And that was another thing that I was going to point out was I feel like um, I think there's been there's been 18 directors fired from star wars uh total um just due to creative differences due to uh the the studio not wanting to follow their creative vision Mm -hmm. but um there's been so many directors that i feel like have been turned away from star wars after even after they've already been working on the movie because of the public perception that this movie got and i feel like it's it's not fair that we didn't get a phil lord and chris miller solo movie because that would have been good my goodness man what could have been with star wars and i remember after this movie like i 
Force Awakens was probably the height of my Star Wars fandom. I was like 15, 16 around that time. And I was really enjoying like just the community around it because everything was exciting. There was all these, like you were saying, the all these announcements uh, going on. And just unfortunately, because of like the infighting uh, that this movie caused, we it really set set us back. And I, I just want to, I want to say this. Um, it is not a coincidence that Hayden Christensen was done with Star Wars after the prequels. And it was because of the way that the older fans treated the new movies because they were different from what they grew up with. And yeah. then we literally have to experience the same thing again. And I have to watch it again and like with Hayden Christensen, I was on the side of like, oh, these movies suck. Like that actor sucks. Like I was on that side. And like I I now can learn from that and realize like, no, maybe I didn't like the movies, but other people do. And it like these actors and act, like directors, they don't need to grant your every wish they just need to make what they want and i know that's just so preachy because like everybody says oh i just i just want them to make what they want but they don't actually but like i'm yeah with, with star wars that's genuinely the best thing for the franchise mm-hmm. is if there's some creative liberty it can't yeah. you cannot treat this like it's the declaration of independence and you can't revise anything and everything has to be law and you just can't do that. You have to allow like evolution, uh, especially as it's starting to feel dated. Like the entire concept of Star Wars is starting to feel dated because it just hasn't evolved. Um, and I think this movie has the best depiction of the Force um, of any movies. Yeah, uh, I think uh, from what I've seen with like the Clone Wars, they have some pretty cool stuff. Uh, but that's like not stuff that we generally see see in live action. I haven't seen like Ahsoka or anything like that, so I don't know for sure on that. Uh, no. I imagine they've done some cool stuff there, but yeah, I I think that the like the Force visions where they're like talking in the same room uh, feels really cool. Um, I think the the scene where she is in like the all the reflections and she snaps and you hear like the snap echo uh, that's an yeah. awesome shot like genuinely such a cool shot for i think that that was in the trailer as well yeah and then her walking up to the very front and like seeing her her reflection in, in it just, mm-hmm. just so and then so uh, many good yeah, shots yeah the uh even like yeah back to the throne room scene with with snoke mm-hmm. and how he's just like just just like flipping around Ray, throwing her on the ground, and then like it's just like how he can't sense how Kylo is. Uh, he th- he's like clouded by his judgment of thinking that Kylo is purely on the dark side, but then it's actually not. Just just really good stuff. Yeah, I think what's cool about that scene is you hear him kind of break down like what he's sensing in his mind, and he yeah. says like, "Oh, he's gonna strike down his true enemy." And I, I remember at the time I thought that was corny, but then when I was listening to it back, I was like, okay, if if the force did exist, you probably couldn't sense like thoughts, like you're thinking mind reading. You probably could just sense motives or sense yeah. intentions. And he sensed that his intention 
was to kill someone he wanted to kill. So of yeah. course he would assume that 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 was Ray and not him because he was arrogant and that's what it came to. I don't think that's uh like people like to point to that as bad writing. I don't think that's bad writing because a director took creative liberty on what a magical like mind reading force is. Yeah. And that like, like yeah, that's got like a, that line has like deeper meaning like you said. Like if you look into it, it's it's kind of a, it's it's a relatively intelligent line and but it's also works on the surface as like kids who like star wars you know yeah which i feel like is a big important part of making star wars movies i think that's what this movie has a lot of i, I think that's what uh like james cook does i mean not james cook james <laughs> cook shout out he, he did well for me <laughs> in fantasy this week uh james gunn does really well is he disguises really goofy stuff at uh, or disguises really good writing as goofy stuff uh, yeah. to the point where people that don't generally enjoy uh, like intelligent, uh, slow character dramas or character um, like just developments, like he puts them in a way that it's just a funny joke. Uh, yeah. Like I, 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 a line that if you're a James Gunn hater, uh, is quoted because I I was I got recommended a uh, whatever the 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 Zack Snyder project is Rebel Moon Rebel Moon yeah uh, and I didn't I for the longest time I've been trying to understand this and I just genuinely didn't connect the dots because I didn't I didn't put Zack Snyder's role in the DC universe at the same spot that like James Gunn's role is because they're very clear with James Gunn role, James Gunn's role mm -hmm. yeah. uh, where in the past they weren't really clear with uh, Zack Snyder's role. So yeah. I never really saw them as like rivals, but like Snyder bros, uh, they hate James Gunn because they feel like he took uh, Zack's job uh, so I'm I'm like looking at these comments of Rebel Moon, and this this guy is clowning in the Guardians three line where, uh, it's like oh I, one of the animals was like oh I'm on the floor so my name will be Floor, and they they're like oh is that oh yeah genius writing like that it's like <laughs> <laughs> that animal's been alive for like intelligent for one day and the point of that generation that the high evolutionary created was they were imperfect. That's why he's killing them. That's why the yeah. entire conflict exists. Like <laughs> I, I, I struggle with that. And then it's, it's just, just, well, just, well, moving off that, uh, the, the last Jedi, um, I, I updated my rating. I had it at a three, and a half out of five on my letterbox. I changed it to a four out of five. Um, I came to the conclusion after this watching the movie, uh, and I didn't necessarily feel like overwhelmed with joy while watching it, just because like I, th I was just sitting there thinking about what could have been. Yeah, you know, it's the biggest what if Star Wars movie that if they just kept going uh, on that route, like I think they could add something special and whatever didn't happen yeah that's fine um but i come to the conclusion that there's just no good star wars movies they're all just so opinion 
based. Like you can ask 10 people on the street what the best Star Wars movie is. And I think 20 years ago, you're probably getting 15 out of the 20 saying Empire. Now, like I think you would get probably the most public persuaded answers that you get asking about a movie franchise. Yeah. Cause like, cause like I feel like nine out of 10 people would not say the last Jedi just so that they don't start an argument with you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, if, if honestly, I mean, I would just because I'm like that, but like, yeah, if I wasn't like that and in some star Wars boy came up to me, he's like, what's your favorite star Wars movie? Like you're probably safer going revenge of the Sith or, uh, uh, Empire, Last Jedi, or anything else, yeah. or not Last Jedi, uh, Return of the Jedi. There's way too many Jedi's, Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> but I mean, at the end of the day, at least we have this movie. At least we have uh, Ryan Johnson who continues to put out uh, high quality movies. So shout out yep. him and TV shows. Uh, he TV just released shows. one last year called Poker Face starring Natasha Leone. Mm. It's a really great uh, Knives Out style um, like who done it. Nice. Uh, it's really great. Nice. Nice. He uh, I was just like looking through like some of his uh, work in the past kind of seeing what uh, cuz I was asking about the like oh what makes sense. But yeah, literally this man does not miss so far. Uh, yeah. obviously it depends on your opinions on last jedi but like riddle me this guys what is more likely that ryan johnson is a terrible director and he somehow has just gotten lucky with the other six or seven projects he's made because literally looper uh is well received he had a movie uh in the 2000s that was well received uh the brothers bloom and uh brick he wrote in directed both of those uh and then obviously the knives out poker face uh and all all of that stuff very well received what what's more likely here uh that he is a bad director that made a bad movie or you just had uh your feelings hurt feels more like the latter yeah but that is enough star war for the day uh, that is your 45 minutes of Star War for the six-year anniversary of The Last Jedi. Yep. Uh, let us know if there's any deep dives on movies that you would like to see um, as their anniversary approaches, or even if not, um, if there's any movie you'd like to hear us talk about, please leave it in the comments. Like like I'm telling yep. you guys, every week, if you just leave something in the comments, I'm going to acknowledge you. <laughs> I, I do hope that... Um, like in like a year uh we'll have like actual like viewers and yeah. uh there'll be like I'm people sure, sure people going back to these episodes to like go through our backlog because like that's kind of what these are when you're recording a podcast that like no one's listened to you're you're getting backlog yeah. up you're you're growing your skills and all of that stuff uh but it'll definitely be funny uh just hearing me uh beg for any sort of uh, validation from the comment yeah. section uh, and hopefully having that at some point, you know, I, I believe in you guys, you're going to show up eventually. Yeah. yeah. And if you're, if you're from the future, just uh, leave a comment, say, say what year you're from, you know, say what the class, the classic uh, who's here, who's here in blank. Yeah. You if know? you could also like say the best burger you've ever had, like wherever that is, 
Yeah. Uh, and I will not take any answers in the Northeast. Sorry, guys. It's just not true. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but we watched uh, Scott Pilgrim. Uh, what's the full title? You got that? Saves. No. Scott, Scott Pilgrim, Pilgrim takes Love... off. Takes off. Takes off. So we watched Scott Pilgrim versus the world for the first time. Uh, both of mm-hmm. us had never seen it. Um, general feelings on that. I thought it was okay. Uh, it was kind of a weird movie, but it's a fun movie. Um, and yeah, yeah, and I enjoyed it. Enjoyable. Uh, then there's this show. It's eight episodes, about 27 minutes a piece after the, like commercial, like the intro and the credits. Uh, I think it's only like 25 minutes a piece. So you can knock this out in a evening if you'd like to. Uh, that's, Basically, what I did, I watched it in two sittings, and it's really good. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. I, I think I, uh, it might not be fair to say because it's got a little bit more room to breathe, but I, I really enjoyed this um, a lot more than the movie. I mean, we could say that, but also, like, about th- the first episode shits on the movie. Like, yeah. like the first episode basically retells the movie a little bit yeah mm-hmm. uh at least the first two acts of the movie and it's just better than the movie yeah like the way uh, they speak yeah. the the jokes everything is just better yeah and the animation style really really lets lets the creative liberties like shine like we were talking last week how he held up that shitty drawing of Ramona's hair Mm-hmm. And in this one, he actually draws like a, a fully fledged, <laughs> yeah, like like head of hair that was like in the anime style, and I thought and we, that was good. We won't go directly into spoilers for this one. We will talk about them in a second here. But uh, this is a, yeah. a newer show uh, that has come out, so I do recommend that you watch it, even if you haven't heard of Scott Pilgrim, which I would be surprised if you didn't. Even if you haven't seen Scott Pilgrim, this is worth a watch. Obviously, uh, it's on Scott Pilgrim. I'd recommend watching it. It's Edgar Wright movie that is definitely a part of culture in the 2010s. Yeah. But this show is kind of a definitive, more definitive version. But at the same time, watching both does kind of feel like, okay, I can kind of connect a few more things. Yeah. And I feel like it's a really good companion piece to yeah. the movie. Uh, it, it feels like Edgar Wright, his like DNA is, is almost all over all over this project, well, he, which I think yeah. I think like like works works excellent in some ways. Like there's some really good bits, um, kind of like hinting hinting at a possible possible movie that was made. But um, yeah, the I, I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, I I think I think this this movie really wanted to like expand um, on the just mythos. I, I know it's a graphic novel, so it feels like this one almost just like retells a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Um, what feels like more one-to-one than like a movie can. And that's just reality of like a movie and how things are. But then you see yeah. things uh, like almost used directly and it's like, oh wow, they uh, 
like they did adapt this pretty well in the movie it kind of gave me more of an appreciation for the movie uh Mm -hmm. because it's it's a pretty good adaptation when you talk about like movie adaptations generally are not that one-to-one uh and especially something as ridiculous as this the fact that it was as one-to-one you know as it was is pretty spectacular yeah definitely and uh yeah it just allowed a lot more uh like uh, a lot more arcs i feel like to be told in this one and you get a lot more in depth with a lot of the characters that were only in it for scott to defeat last time not only that but even like the the side characters all got their time to their time to shine in this i I, like i did the band got the short end of the stick yeah and that that sucks and it's it's probably because of uh like some story stuff that we'll get into here in a second because you really can't talk about this this show's story without getting into spoilers uh so we'll we'll get into that in a second but overall definitely recommend it um just go watch it if you have the ounce of interest in it uh but let's go ahead and get into spoilers and uh talk about how this uh just completely rips off the uh tv surfers episode from fairly odd parents (laughs) that's very true uh love that episode uh so my favorite episode yeah no it's my favorite episode for sure um but uh, yeah, it did a great job of like subverting our expectations, like we were talking about with with the Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it it like goes completely different from the way that we think that we think it's gonna go. And uh, I feel like from then on, like it's just like it's just great character character development between like I'd say that there's a good like five to seven characters that got a really good story arc in this yeah i think what they the like overarching arc is between the exes and ramona and you know scott to an extent but scott is actually not in the show for most of it uh like i remember he he obviously the big twist is the movie basically happens one to one with the show up until the first fight with the X. And in that first fight with the X, he just dies in one punch and he loses in one punch. Um, and with that, like that confirmed that if like change pops out, they're dead. Like they're just dead, which I wasn't necessarily like thinking during the original movie like i was like oh okay change popped out like they're probably just gonna go respawn we're in some silly universe but no like they're dead like those people yeah. got killed in that fight uh and it's just over for him that, that's an unfortunate way to go but hey such is life yeah uh yeah it was it was great to see like the different uses of the like kind of video game visuals uh that was cool a lot and, less fighting uh, than I expected. I kind of thought that um, with it being animated, you would see almost more fighting. Like it would be like an episode of thing. It'd be like partly an action show. It's not that, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, it has just, like you said, more character stuff where you get to see characters uh, develop and they all have like the same voices, which is just like crazy because 
Yeah. Uh, we talked about it last week. The cast for this movie is unreal. And the fact that they got them back for voice acting work is also just crazy. Uh, yeah, and they're all really good voice actors. Yeah. Like, Aubrey Plaza did so good. Mm-hmm. Like, Chris Evans did really fucking good. <laughs> they're all so good. I love uh, the the one line where Chris Evans says, like, ah, it's only voice acting. I can't do voice acting. It's only live action for me. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, fun, really good stuff. Fun little bit. There's just a lot of great character interactions, and you get to see... Uh, this group of like evil exes uh, that you meet in the movie, uh, all of those same like evil exes like slowly become friends, and you get to see different interactions between characters. So if you ever watch that movie, and like you really like the characters, but you wish you got to see more of certain people, like this is exactly what you're looking for because you get to see characters you'd never thought you'd get to see interact. Uh, and that's I think the fun part about this is it's a almost a continuation because it doesn't nullify anything in the movie. Like it doesn't retell anything in the movie. Uh, And the movie actually exists in universe basically. Yeah. Um, And Edgar Wright is a character in the show uh, directing. What's that? His name is Edgar wrong. Oh yeah. Did you know that? (laughs) But yeah, great stuff. I think my my brain might have just filtered that out, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it, and it's basically the same like story that they like we saw. In universe, one of his friends like thinks that he has a sleep paralysis demon that just wrote a screenplay in his sleep for him, and yeah. then he just he started producing a movie yeah. <laughs> with um, Lucas Lee starring as as Scott. <laughs> that, that was pretty good. Uh, I I do think like legitimately the first episode does the like that origin just so much better than the movie like yeah. Ramona being interested in him makes just more sense and I don't mm-hmm. know if that's not seeing Michael Sarah's face because like Michael Sarah's voice is fine like as the character but like when you see Michael Sarah's face sometimes you're just like okay he ain't pulling like that uh, but <laughs> yeah. he do be pulling so like don't I ain't throwing disrespect on Sarah's name like that. Um, but I really, like, I love the, the first X that comes in, he ends up being a pretty pivotal, uh, character, uh, because he gets to take like the fortune of goose and all that great stuff. Uh, Uh Um, but there's like this one change from the movie, uh, in the movie, it's a email that he sends him saying, we're going to fight. And that's, that's cool and all, but the, like him delivering it in a blizzard, like, <laughs> and yeah. then it not getting read. I think it's just funnier. Uh, yeah. And this, the scene or the shot or the clip of him walking in the blizzard and putting it in there, I think added a bit more to that character, um, who was probably one of the least developed like evil exes in the first one because he was just like the first one. Uh, but that would have been like just like a cool little little nugget um but i liked the the netflix stuff the netflix dvds yeah. uh i was confused by like what year it was supposed to be yeah i, I was too because i was like i was like i'm pretty sure it's set in like the early 2000s right and then uh there's there's something that points to it being like set current 
current times? Yeah. I forget what it is. I forget what it is. I think it's in the last episode. They they make a reference to something recent. Um, And I maybe they just messed up on that reference because, like, I feel like it is because when he goes to the future, he's like, wow, you guys have VR set up? Like, you would say that in 2000, but you wouldn't say that if you were from the 2020s. Yeah. I, it, very strange. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's a really good show it's short uh, i would definitely watch another season if they did one i want to see more of like scott and Ro- ramona um i think that dynamic is like the most fun part about yeah. it and you don't really get a ton of that in this show which i think is for the better because they're telling a different story um but i think it's it's something that like if they made another one i would i'd want to see that for sure yeah, the best line in the whole series. It's like I'm gonna die right after, right after I just found out I'm a cinephile. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I was that dying. was good. I was dying. <laughs> yeah, that was solid. Um, and there, there's a bunch of great lines um, in it. So please watch it if you have a, if you could still afford a Netflix subscription in uh, Year of Our Lord 2023. But uh, yeah. that's all for our uh, recap on scott pilgrim uh it's been a fun little franchise to kind of delve into i definitely like i think i would definitely like read a graphic novel in that style for sure yeah Yeah. um so hopefully they they i mean i'm sure those exist i could probably probably just hit that google and uh find something but moving on uh, i don't know if i oh yeah do you want want to move on watched I was gonna say I don't know if I would have watched this series if if it weren't for the movie, but I'm glad I I'm glad I did. Yeah, I think honestly I will kind of just to shit on one thing. I'm gonna shit on the title, uh, Scott Pilgrim. Uh, just the name Scott Pilgrim makes me think completely different things. It. Yeah, like it's just like the last name Pilgrim like just makes me think of pilgrims. Uh, oh, <laughs> and like the name Scott Pilgrim like. I just just a thought. It doesn't. I don't know if it really conveys uh, what it really is. Uh, obviously, I'm not saying change his name or anything, but like, what is the franchise? The franchise really just like Scott Pilgrim because I feel like it could be bigger than that, you know? Yeah. But yeah. I mean, sometimes you make those choices early on in the creative process, and there's no turning back. So you know, hey. Uh, but uh, Netflix co CEOs, uh, they're their pay is going to be 40 million this year each. <laughs> so 80. Is that, is that your news headline? <laughs> I, I, that was my transition into the news headlines. Yeah. Uh, I gotcha. That was not the, um, not my rebuttal to what you were talking about, but go ahead. Oh, um, I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say. You were going to talk about Tubi. It was the biggest news oh, yeah, story yeah. in the world. There's going to be DC movies on Tubi. <laughs> Free yeah. stream at home. You can you can stream the Batman. You can stream Suicide Squad if you want to. Wow. Can I stream <laughs> the Suicide Squad or just Suicide Squad? Whatever you feel like. You can oh you stream God. it with the or or without. This is crazy. I well here's here's a here's a rebuttal to that right. Uh, A24 movies are gonna stream exclusively on HBO mm. Max and Max stream exclusively 
on HBO and Max under New Deal, including Priscilla and Iron Claw. That's a big get right there. I think uh, I think that makes sense. Yeah, I think uh, HBO they all are, isn't Euphoria an A twenty four thing? Yeah, and they had uh, the Idol, the hit show, the Idol. How how could, how could we forget hit show, um, the Idol, starring Johnny Depp's daughter? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th- I feel like A twenty four kind of seems at home on on HBO. It it really does. I think HBO was they've always tried to have the stigma like we're premier movies. Uh, and that's kind of what a twenty four stigma is now is like oh we're we're the premium movies like oh the the people that like movies watch a twenty four movies yeah you have to have a certain level of intellect to understand an a twenty four movie uh so that that's that's a big get for them uh, especially in the wild wild west of uh streaming uh where Netflix is paying probably more for this rebel moon thing just to they probably got these streaming rights for every A24 film for less than the production of Rebel Moon. Uh, I just yeah. want to throw that out there. If both if both uh, Netflix CEOs just get their money to get their get their annual salaries together, I think that they could buy the Snyder the uh, the the, uh, the Snyderverse of DC. Oh, that's the funniest thing is those petitions trying to get Netflix to revive that. Um, yeah, and what I'm hoping they do is they they revive it, but like obviously they don't have the rights to the characters, so we just get like knockoff Superman and knockoff uh, like Aquaman and stuff. Yeah, they'll and probably the, just show up in Rebel Moon. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it'll just be Ray Fisher. He's the only yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> and Gina Carano. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they'll they'll show up. Um Gina Carano's the new Wonder Woman and uh or uh it'll be like Power No. Power Girl. I was gonna say that, but I think that one's already taken. Uh m- Marvelous. Oh, yeah, Power Girl is a yeah. DC character. Yeah, yeah. No, they, <laughs> we're already we're running out of strong female uh, names. Uh, we got to come up with a new adjective to get back in this. Yeah. Um, but I think that for the majority is... Uh... Oh, wait. Uh, you watch... Didn't you watch Blue Beetle? I did watch Blue Beetle. Should I watch Blue Beetle? Oh, you did? No, I, I'm asking should I watch Blue oh. Beetle. Um, uh... If if it was two thousand four, I'd give you a dis- I, I'd give you a different answer. <laughs> no, it's 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 a completely fine movie. Yeah. Um, the I don't know. I it doesn't do a lot with the main character. I feel like I feel like it should have been more focused on uh, on uh, Jaime. Uh, the the villain is like very like generic. It's like a like, oh, they stole my power. I want it back, and it's just like basically fighting. It's basically like the first Iron Man movie where he's fighting like the dude with the same suit. You know, he's fighting like a dude with the same with the same powers. And that, uh, yeah, that's what I got from it. it. Was like Moon Knight plus Iron Man. Yeah, but it's kind of like kind of Venom because it's like kind of a symbiotic relationship between Jaime and the the scarab that's attached to his back 
Oh, but, so like um, Moon Knight. Not quite, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm yeah, just I'm a, just saying that because of the scarab thing. Yeah. No. It it definitely definitely got some some early some early 2000s superhero movie vibes. Um, I would say I would say that you could probably just go ahead and pass on it. <laughs> There's no connections to the larger DC or the future of the DC universe. Uh, no. Interesting. Other than George Lopez calling Batman a fascist. Interesting. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad George Lopez was able to express those feelings. On yeah. uh, Batman, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually thinking. About... I was gonna say I don't understand how he's a fascist, but you know, thinking about it, kind of a fascist. I guess George Lopez has a point. So, as we ponder uh, George Lopez's uh, opinions on the political um just environment that we're in right now uh, and it's going to be a long pondering as uh there's a lot to unpack um starting with shark boy and lava girl into the george lopez show um and then trying to figure out when he got skinnier and if that was okay because i'm still uh was trying it, was, it, was it a drug issue we're gonna get to the bottom of that uh and we'll be back next week uh, mm-hmm. with another uh, episode of the Variant Cast. I think next week we're we're going to have like our best of uh, show, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, the week after that, I think we've got another in-person. I think we'll probably do another in-person show. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll have more like trailer reactions and stuff. So if you've made it this far, uh, be sure to like and uh, tell us what you want to see reacted to or just talked about. Uh, we would really appreciate that. As you know... Uh, and again thank you for watching and we'll see you next week yeah thanks guys see ya